Hello, everyone, and welcome to Science A podcast. Uh, today we have Hannu Lesenin. Hello, Hannu. Hi, Vasily. Nice to be here. Uh, you're welcome. And uh, Hannu is actually CEO of Anarchy Labs. Uh, if, if you remember, we already had episode uh, with Anarchy Labs where they presented their product. Uh, but uh, now Hannu can tell himself uh, briefly about the maybe about the product uh, first and uh, like how it appeared uh, to be as a company. And then yeah, we can continue discussion maybe to, to some other questions as well. So Hannu, yes, uh, uh, like how, how well, what, what, what the company is doing? Can you remind us? Yes, certainly. So, so we are creating new level of situational awareness for drone pilots with augmented reality. So we are transferring the data from these small controller displays into the sky where the drone actually is. So, so that the pilot can concentrate on what's happening there in the sky instead of like drifting the gaze back and forward between the drone and the controller. And uh, you can do it this you can do this only with augmented reality. So, so that's that's what we are specializing in, helping yeah. drone pilots. So, and also improving safety and and so on. Exactly, exactly. So, bringing the situational awareness to to new levels allows then the pilot to understand and see what's happening around, and even understand uh, the airspace restrictions see other airs, other like uh, airplanes, other drones pinpointed in the sky. So yes, it is totally about uh, enhancing safety and enhancing the operations. And also so more demanding operations is are possible. Yes, of course, because we then enable night flights, for example, and even flights behind obstacles beyond visual line of sight, which of course if you have the permission to go there, and if your radio permits, then we actually give see-through vision through buildings, for example. Okay, interesting. So maybe uh, let's let's start with the first question uh, from the last podcast. Uh, so we had Timo Lind actually in the last podcast, and uh, he was asking what... Um, uh, okay, basically it was my question to Timo, but Timo was really interested if, if I ask you the same question. What are the new use cases for drones? So maybe keeping in mind uh, the, the HoloLens and the AirHard, which pilots can use, can you come up with some like really new use case for drone pilots or for drone industry? Well, I would say that the beyond visual line of sight is the new enabler because when you get to fly like behind trees for example you know there's a clearing behind the trees and you want to go check it and now we give this see through vision through the woods so you can confidently do it we display uh, like for example the height that the ultrasound sensor or, or the camera sensors of the drone report. So you can confidently fly through over the canopy and then check out the clearing. And you can do this also in total nighttime with, with clear understanding of where the drone is at all moments. So beyond visual line of sight and extended visual line of sight. And, and then with automated or semi-autonomous drones, we can display then the relationship of that drone or drones 
into the corridors, for example, the air corridors that they have to would have to like respect, we can display their relationship to that corridor. If something starts to go wrong, then the pilot can like push back into the corridor or take manual control confidently. It's it's about like this 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 is like the enabler bringing abstracts abstract stuff visible and making this see-through vision. So those will be like the new use cases, I would think. Okay. And uh, yeah, basically you, you already answered is that uh, one one of the next questions from Timo that well, how we can increase autonomous level in drones. So yeah, yes, basically, I think that um, AR technology can be really used to increase autonomous levels. Or what do you think? Yes, and especially help in uh, developing this because we have mm-hmm. been discussing with with a couple of companies doing this uh, because we can then visualize also the sensor information that the robot in the sky or the robot in the ground has, so okay. the developer can understand. Okay, because of the lidar sensor hitting that reflective surface in that way. The robot did this and this decision. Okay, that's something that we need to we need to improve upon. So okay. making sensor information visible in the world and in that situation that the robot is facing, that might be helpful. And then of course, when the autonomous drones are in the air, uh, making it more easy to follow them in the actual locations there in the sky to make those decisions, okay, that one from the swarm now has to be taken under manual control, or uh, that one has to push, for that one, we have to push the return to home button now. So making observing those more easy is, is what we can do, what we can help with, yes. Okay, that's interesting indeed. So if it helps increase in the automation level, Indeed, that's quite helpful for the future applications. And also, Timo was wondering, but I think that would be also interesting for for other listeners, and probably some of them uh, can can have the same question. Like uh, you know, currently there are uh, drone manufacturers. The biggest one are in China and some in US, but there are not so many manufacturers in Europe. So, and basically, the question is. Uh, do you have in mind how we can boost the European industry in this area? So to get the high quality, high performance drones uh, in different categories, different sizes, uh, do you have any idea like what, what actions can be taken in order to achieve this? Yeah, I think it's about cooperation. Well, well, we do have some big names like Autorion in Switzerland and, and of course Nimbus in Italy both of which we have been talking with. And, and of course, Parrot, Parrot is, is huge, but, but yes, cooperation and, and trying to create this, uh, it would be so interesting to see like this bigger cooperation towards uh, kind of like harmonized European drone platform where we could all like combine our efforts in a more effective way. So. Uh, the open source drone project like Autopilot and Pixhawk, uh, especially Pixhawk, like concentrating on creating something around that, like Autorion has already done. So making sure that we all work towards the same goal, not as, as, as drone manufacturers tend to do, that they try to create their own, own like closed 
ecosystems. But what if it was so that, for example, us as a drone man, uh, a drone um, uh, software provider, who, who we want to be hardware independent, so or, or hardware agnostic. What if it would be really easy to us to integrate into all of the European platforms? We would, we would like it would be like a single uh, integration point to all European platforms. That that would be a, like a dream come true. And then the Chinese could have their own box of drones, and and the US could have their own, and probably it might even grow into a global in, initiative at some point. I think yeah, this is a super nice idea. Instead of like competing between companies, maybe like trying to achieve the the common goal. Indeed, that that would be maybe one of the solutions. So sure. and yeah, it's it's interesting point of view indeed. And uh, actually, how like talking about you? How did you come up with the idea of creating a company? Yes, it was actually a frightful moment. <laughs> I, I I created the proof of concept by myself to gather like uh, uh, like feedback from the pilots and and to search if there were somebody else already doing this in in AR VR expos and so on so forth. But when it really started to look like like the pilots were all like, oh my god, this is so helpful. And the AR, VR, even really big AR, VR companies were like, you want to do outdoors, 3D, augmented reality, and you want to put drones in there. Uh, that might not be possible. But I had the flying proof of concept already. So okay. I was like, okay, now we are on the same. So, so it took a lot of that kind of gathering of confidence And then when I uh, got in my old friend Lassi Immonen as CTO, we have done such complex stuff earlier, such demanding mm-hmm. development tasks. So that then I knew that it will not, it will, we can make it, we can really make it. And then we, we had finally the confidence, the both of us. Yes, make, okay. let's make a company out of this. And uh, have you been interested in AR uh, technology like earlier, like even before starting a company? Certainly, certainly, yes. So, yeah, maybe what I mean, or let me rephrase a little bit, like what were your hobbies? Because I want to try to understand, like, you know, how you came up to this idea of starting this company. So, and did you have any relevant hobbies, uh, even like, you know, before you, before you even thought that maybe there will be a company? What, what you were doing in your free time, what were like uh, your studying and uh, these things? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's how it actually happened. Yes, the background was important. So me and Lassie already knew in, in University of Lapland in, in late 90s, early 2000s. And yes, there we did uh, already study AR, VR and did some projects around it. For example, me and Lassie created a networked, four-user networked or multiple-user network Network VR working space for Teliasonera in 2000. So we were the developers of that. And, uh, and then with my hobby background of model RC airplanes, of which you never take your eyes away. So I had this background 
where you really try to keep your eyes on the killer machine in the sky. And I was then helping friends with the first generations of drones, which you had to hand build. You had to solder the wires by yourself. And uh, they couldn't do it. They asked me to help. And then I became the mechanic. Then I became the pilot. And I had the conflict of uh, data in the controller, drone in the sky. I can't take my eyes away. This is my responsibility to all the people around. I, I, I'm, I'm in control. I have to be in control, but I cannot see the data. That's when I realized with the AR VR background that, okay, the robot in the sky, it is offering the telemetry. It is offering the video feeds. I can push them to the sky where the drone is. So yes, it was all about those backgrounds coming nicely together. So, and, and Lassi coming into the equation, ending it all. So bang, here we are. What, what equipment for like AR, VR you used uh, earlier? Like in 2000, you said, or when you started to work with AR, VR? Yeah, in the in the early days, the I can't even remember the. For example, that network VR experience. It was done with Sony VR glasses okay. that were just projecting this 2D view, and they didn't have even uh, head tracking. So we okay. had to bring in other equipment to do the do the actual head tracking. So already by that stage, yes, we were combining different technologies to okay. achieve remarkable things but yeah with the proof of concept i was using these metavision uh, generation one and generation two glasses which are totally not related to current meta company and okay. then we had third vision glasses here and uh, and now we are doing it with the with the microsoft hololens so okay but yes. was it uh, was it like your hobby to work with ar vr technology was it your like uh, job or profession to it has never been my profession uh, since the early 2000s when we were working on it. After that, I was industrial designer, mechanical designer, UX designer in various, various projects. But of course, I'm also a game developer on my free time, such that, such that there's any left anymore. So I've always uh, liked gaming. And of course, I've also liked VR gaming especially. So so yes, I've been following what's been happening and and it's 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 true that I I had been thinking about this idea for like five or six years before we founded the company. So I started to see that the AR glasses are finally becoming capable of what I would like to achieve. So so yes, it was it was also about timing hardware becoming really like capable finally to do this but uh, i think uh, if i remember correctly you like oh as even as you said uh, that you don't want to be hardware dependent so basically you can use uh, or like install this software to any like upcoming products let's say sure sure certainly certainly uh, we want to be hardware agnostic both on the drone side and both on the glasses side of things so the HoloLens is, is really uh, like expensive equipment. So we are looking forward to, to any and all com competition for the, for the HoloLens to come. And there are some, some coming rumors to be coming and, and should be coming this summer and so on and so forth. So yes, looking, looking to being like, or like 
looking forward to being hardware agnostic, of course. And uh, I think also you you are targeting not only drones but probably other areas like robotics, uh, industrial automation, maybe uh, logistics. In the future, in the future, but it will be tied probably to drones and aviation in the beginning. But then, of course, when we give visibility to operation where it's happening, then it could be underwater robot. We give okay. you see-through, the operator see-through vision deep into the water, or it could be underwater, underground water uh, that is crawling below below your feet and you can see through the ground where it is or it could be your uh, drone inside a tank and then we can give a see-through vision to the tank or or like you said any industry machine like a stone drilling machine where the drill head is like 20 meters already deep inside the rock we could give vision to what's happening there instead of these small, small screens that give only numeric data that might be hard to uh, interpret. Of course, they are, they are professionals who know how to interpret the data, but we might be able to help them. And urban air mobility, that's, of course, and air traffic management. That's, yeah, actually was a big topic we discussed on the previous podcast. So that, okay, okay, that yes. it's, it's coming probably and uh, it, it should be implemented in the future and indeed. And yes, that's what we help to visualize, okay. to see the airspace volumes in their correct positions, to see other, other airplanes, air taxis, other drones, pinpointed in their exact positions in the sky so that everybody can understand the probably very complex situation. And for example, the bigger cities, uh, they, their airspaces, they are super complex volumetric uh, mixed mix masses of these spaces. And now you cannot understand properly onto these screens, how they, how, how you should like navigate in them, but we can draw them in the sky in the exact positions. So yes, all of those uh, UTM, U-space, uh, like uh, different parties, they will benefit from this. That's, that's for sure. At least in making it more understandable and concrete. I see. And uh, maybe uh, regarding running a company, what, what challenges do you meet? Well, it's of course for the startup, the financing is, is of course the biggest challenge and uh, learning how to live in this, in this environment of, 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 like, of like creating a product that requires money and then getting the traction from the markets it requires time but then time requires a lot of money especially when the team is constantly growing so that we keep on top of this technology wave that we want to keep abreast of so it is the growing need of financing that's probably the most at least stressful part of this, the most fun part of it, 
this is of course to to be able to create actually meaningful stuff for the pilots who do real demanding operations in helping them so so it's very rewarding and very stressful at the same time okay so uh you would not change your profession <laughs> you would i stay as as uh, or as continue running a company sure sure it's but uh, but i mean i'm a product designer there will become a point that that i will step down from a ceo position at least and 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 go to my real like profession back again like okay. guiding the product development of this company because that's that's where i'm best at but when that point will come that's probably three to four five years ahead but but yes i think if the company grows as we want it to grow we will then at some point need a, a real professional ceo to run things because those things are things that i'm not actually very interested in it's it's like it, it becomes more bureaucratic it becomes more like uh, hmm. running the daily daily routines of the of the company whereas like i said i'm very passionate about product design and uh, Okay, and, okay. and would would like to get back into development at some point, but no, I'm totally <laughs> forbidden now from touching the code anymore. <laughs> I see. And uh, do you have any hobbies? Uh, you mentioned that you you are game developer. Do you okay? And you said also that you don't have much time now. But still, what what are your hobbies? Sure. the 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 big passion is is the RC model airplanes. So so. Uh, I, I had a time when I was uh, totally into old American uh, cars and uh, spent all my time. I actually sold my first generation airplanes to get the first car, which was then a Chevrolet Bel Air 61. But so that period uh, went for like 10, 20 years. But then I sold the car to get back into the RC model airplanes. And now I'm I'm really passionate about them. I have too much, too many of them, but I haven't had any time to fly with them. So, but yes, uh, I, I promised myself to return back to because I, I actually built the, the model airplanes actually from wood. So I'm one of the rare rare types who who like care to spend the time. It's it's hundreds thousands of hours to build one airplane, but but it's it's so nice to and do then this i think it's it's very sad especially when you crash it uh, of course it's easier to fix it because you assemble it yourself but i think it's very feels very sad uh, because you spend so much time or is it or is it still enjoyable why would you want to crash the airplane people people uh, are too afraid of 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 those crashes i mean you are in control you're the pilot you're responsible why would you want to crash the plane? Uh, I remember, like you know, once I have seen some competition uh, where, like, it was about RC airplanes, and they tried to hit each other in the air. Uh, and when combat. they hit, it, yeah, then they hit each other, kind of like basically you lose airplane. And that was the goal of the competition, and all planes there were like self-built. <laughs> yes, exactly, and they are serious built. It's like a factory. They usually build like five to even ten copies of one plane because in the competition you can then quickly take the, uh, another plane into air. 
So yes, that combat, that's combat. So, so that's I'm a not different combat. Okay, so that's different, <laughs> different purpose. I see. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, Hanno, um, what question would you like also to ask our next guest, who who will be in the studio next week, and uh, we'll be talking also about technology, science, or from some company. What do you have in mind? Any question? Yeah, I. I... I'm I'm very like um old fashioned from the point of view where where I get my information. So I don't I don't follow sorry any podcasts. Okay. <laughs> not yet, maybe not yet. Any, uh, no, yet, yet. And and not 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 YouTube channels, not not any Soma channels because I I don't know enough of them. So I uh, my question would be what would be the next guests like recommendations of channels to really follow nowadays so 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 i I would really like to hear some nice pointers like because the uh, of course the offering is so wide i mean i mean starting to dig into but but finding out some good pointers that might be really interesting and and could open up my eyes <laughs> but uh yeah in in social media you can find quite a lot of news and materials and it's it becomes actually very powerful tools nowadays so especially in in marketing also so exactly exactly and uh but it's a swamp also so it, it, it yes it, it, it takes it all your the time, time. Yes. yeah exactly exactly but but we are lucky in in, in our company so we have uh, eager younger younger people here who who will start to take care of that who are like uh, you're not so old you're not so old yeah. <laughs> no no but uh, like i said old fashioned <laughs> okay really <laughs> yes yes but uh, hanno yes uh, thanks it was uh, interesting talk uh, today and i hope our listeners enjoyed it and uh, thanks for for coming today It was it was really nice also to to chat and to talk about uh, UAVs and RC and uh, AR technology. So thanks for coming. Yes, thank you. Excellent. Thank you for having me here. Uh, yes, you're welcome, Hanno. And uh, for our listeners, thank you for being with us and stay tuned. <laughs>